Project Kaleidoscope presents a podcast, Listening Made More Meaningful. In this podcast, we talk about ways of coping with stress for a series of exercises, conversations, lectures, and stories to help you create a positive and beautiful mind. If you're interested, keep listening. Before we begin this podcast, be reminded that the information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. This is not an alternative for psychological diagnosis and treatment. Greetings, listeners. This is brought to you by Project Kaleidoscope. Welcome to Wellness Wednesday. Have you ever felt so distressed when someone has done you wrong? Upset and annoyed when things don't always go according to plan? Do you ever get so bothered that you want to scream at the top of your lungs or just throw things at the wall? That, my friends, are an emotion we call anger. Anger is that gnarly feeling we get that can stem from mild irritation and eventually fury and rage. Though anger can be a good thing, as it can also motivate us in many ways. Too much anger, meanwhile, can be unhealthy and probably make you finish off throwing your glassware at home. Kidding aside, today's podcast will be teaching us more about our anger and how we can manage this before the fume starts to come out of our ears. Before we begin talking about the whole fire and fury that is anger, let us first define the meaning of anger. According to mental health, Anger is defined as a basic human emotion that is experienced by all people. It is typically triggered by an emotional hurt, experienced as an unpleasant feeling that occurs when we think that we have been injured, mistreated, or opposed. And though anger is a universal type of emotion, the experience and manifestation meanwhile varies per individual, how intensely it is felt, and how long it lasts. For example, Person A and Person B feel angry. Person A may rat it out right there and then, throw things or storm out, whereas Person B manifests it more differently by choosing silence over getting into a fit. The differences may also be influenced by the cause of anger felt and the situation, time, or place they are in. You wouldn't want to cause a rot or walk out of your own birthday party, would you? Well, maybe so, but then again, there is cake. Getting deep into what anger really is, there happen to be two types of this emotion. Anger can either be constructive or destructive or a mix of both depending on how it is manifested. When well managed, anger or annoyance has a very few consequences. At its roots, anger is a signal or a trigger telling you that something in your environment isn't right. It captures your attention and motivates you to take action to correct what you feel is wrong. This is considered constructive, the fair approach of anger. On another note, when you express anger in a way that your actions trigger others to become defensive and angry, blood pressures rise and stress hormones flow. Violence becomes the next resort. You may then become this dangerous loose cannon just hurling and hitting without taking a step back. This becomes the destructive type of anger, the fury and the fume. Then there's a mix of both the fair approach and the fuming type of anger. One can rise from a normally annoyed state and peek into a furious rut, or the other way around. But either way, 
we do hope there are still enough glasses or plates in your kitchen safe for when you get into your next tantrum. Just joking, don't get mad. The problem with anger is not that it exists, but how we are able to manage it. Getting into outbursts, arguments, and flares of temper is easier to get into when we're mad, no doubt. The fight or flight mode when we feel when we're angry seems to be more let loose when we get into full rage mode. Adrenaline is flowing, fire is burning, word vomit, throwing, breaking, but little do we know that our full alert mode leads to high blood pressure, clogged arteries, and the risk of stroke and heart attack. And right after venting our rage, we feel a surge of regret towards the many things we have said, which often causes others hurt and disdain. In fact, many of us were raised to believe that expressing anger is mean and harmful to others, leading to bottling it up until we actually explode. This is often the worst case scenario. What more? This explosive anger is often viewed by some as a sign of strength and superiority. But this falls as a myth and only causes harm not only towards our relationship with people around us, but also towards our own selves. The fact is that anger can be a very helpful emotion if used properly and in the right context. Put simply, anger should not be used as a way to control or annihilate other people. Anger is not a sign of strength, especially when it is explosive. Used sparingly and in the correct ways with the right timing and the right words, Anger can actually clear the air, purge us of our negative emotions, and bring people closer together. But how do we manage anger? A good way to start is by doing basic anger management exercises. These techniques work by calming you down instead of being overwhelmed by the anger. Think of it as an engine starting. To use it more effectively, we should often let it be for a while before actually operating it. And to be more effective with our emotions, we should also take a step back and let ourselves be before we assert the problem at hand. One very good example of anger management is breathing exercises. According to Healthline, our breathing tends to get quicker and shallower when we are at the peak of being angry. One easy way to calm ourselves and reduce anger is by slowing down and deepening our breathing. Try breathing into your nose and out of your mouth slowly. Breathe deeply from the belly rather than the chest. Repeat until breathing has smoothened. Another way is by counting in your head. Associated with breathing exercises, counting exercises can also be really good for managing anger. It is best to isolate and start the process by closing your eyes and counting to 10 or more until you felt like the anger has partially, if not totally, gone away. It's kind of like holding your breath underwater. Soon that surge of anger will extinguish itself, and your mind and body are relaxed. Meanwhile, if anger is more chronic, yoga workouts can be a good stress reliever and help visualize our calmer state and sense of self. Breathing exercises are incorporated in yoga as well as some counting techniques. It is also heart healthy and good for the mind, body, and spirit. Now that we have learned the basic ways of managing anger, we can now move on to the next part of our series. This next discussion is a two-step lecture series that will actually serve as the meat of our anger management discourse. While we have learned to come to terms with ourselves, we will now learn how to come to terms with anger itself by probing into the root and where all these emotions come from.
our brain. As we know, the brain is the center of all processes and encompasses our cognitive, perceptual, and emotional functioning. We have what we call our upstairs and downstairs brain. The hand model introduced by Dr. Daniel Siegel has divided the brain into these two parts to help us get a clearer picture of our brain structure and understand why we often find it difficult to control or deal with our emotions. Let us try to dissect this together step by step. We will be using our hands for this. First, take a look at your hand and imagine your wrist is the spinal cord where the brain sits. From there, look at your palm as the inner brainstem and the thumb as the amygdala. The limbic system is formed by placing your thumb in the palm. Your other fingers are your cerebral cortex with the tips of being your prefrontal cortex otherwise known as wise owl. Close them on top of your palm and thumb. And that, dear listeners, is how our brain works day and night from the inside of our recesses. But what about the upstairs and downstairs brains that we have mentioned? How do they work? Does my brain really have its own staircase? Well, in a literal sense, of course it doesn't. But in a more figurative manner of speaking, this symbolizes the hierarchy of how our brains process things around us. For starters, the upstairs brain model is the rational part of our thinking process. It is the judge in court, the mediator between two opposing sides, the gray between the black and white. Without it, we are unable to use our own logic and reasoning, and we might as well get into a fit without actually thinking straight or considering the consequences of our actions. How is it important when it comes to our emotions? Simple. It knocks us back to reality when we have been clouded by the surge of our feelings. You see, we are often swayed by the waves of emotional distress, sudden highs and manic lows. But it is through our upstairs brain that we are brought back to shore and first become still. For the downstairs part, well, let's just say it's too low to stoop into. A dark place, we wouldn't want that. After knowing and grabbing anger by the root, the last part of this lecture helped us to finish our journey of resolution by taking action interpersonally. Who have we hurt along the process of our anger? May it be a friend, family member, co-worker, or even a stranger, a person hurt by our actions should be dealt upon. After getting ourselves into shore after our tumultuous waves of emotions, we pull back those who we have pushed into the water. We are only able to finish resolving conflict once we take the final step of addressing the people who caused us to become angry or we have inflicted pain because of anger. First, we calmly approach the person and speak to them about the issue. Note here that there are times that we will be shut down over and over. But fret not, that is how it often happens. Timing and the right amount of assertiveness play a key role in this. But if the other person simply is not ready, Maybe it's also time to take a step back and make them reflect on their own as well. Then try again. If communication has opened, talk about it calmly and rationally. Try to leave no detail out and just be raw about how you felt at that time. Taking the time to listen to the other is also very important here. Although the communication line has opened, let it flow as a two-way road and not just one. Let it be an exchange of honest thoughts let it be the first step into the portal of acceptance. Forgiveness is a choice and not a feeling. 
no matter how hurtful the situation is for you, for the other person, or for both, choosing to forgive should not stem from making you feel better about it, but by choosing to act on forgiveness. Feelings come and go. Forgiveness is an active decision. If the situation does not go about positively or progress fails to follow, crying was enough. Pat yourself on the back and learn to let unchangeable things go. Moving on is also a decision and one that you give to yourself and the other person. Let it loose. Let yourself free. If you feel that anger and negative outcomes have become overwhelming to the point that it has caused you harm and others more frequently than normal, don't hesitate to seek an expert. Trained counselors, psychologists, or psychiatrists can help find a treatment plan best suited for your needs. We would also like to remind our listeners that whatever is said in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Learning to manage one's anger may come quickly to some than others. It is definitely a no-brainer that anger is a natural state and a process that all of us has to deal with and manage. Yet again, the challenge really does lie in how we are able to. Anger can be such a swaying emotion, but we should never let it get the best of us and cloud our thinking and way of life. May we always choose to be fair over our state of fury. After all, as they always say, there will be calm after the storm. Once again, this is Opodcast Pressure and thank you for tuning in into Wellness Wednesday. If you like this episode, please follow and share our podcast channel or podcast so you and your friends won't miss any episodes. You may visit our official Facebook page Project Kaleidoscope and Order of Asclepius for more tips on maintaining a healthy well-being. See you on our next episode.